you so much that we can be here uh, together to worship you, God. Um, uh, you're here for us always. Uh, we can always count on you, God. Um, help us to always glorify you in all we do, um, and help us to follow the path that you've laid out for us, so that we can continue to uh, glorify you and um, further your kingdom. In your name I pray. Amen. Right. Well, um, if you have a Bible out in front of you, where are you going to turn? Colossians. All right. If you need a Bible, raise your hand and we will make sure that you get one. So, um, again, if you need a Bible, go ahead and raise your hand. We'll make sure that you get one. Um, if you're not sure where Colossians is, that is okay. Feel free to ask a neighbor, ask a leader. Um, we're happy to uh, help you find Colossians. How dare you? <clears throat> okay. All right, so... As you are looking for Colossians, uh, let's do a quick, a little quick review. What were some of the things that we talked about last week? Catch some of us up, okay? So let's, let's focus in here a little bit. What are some things that we talked about last week? Flying squirrel. What's that? We did talk about Colossians. You are absolutely correct. Good. Get the ball rolling here. Love it. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jesus is over the church and stuff like that. Love it. Good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Last week we talked about this big word reconciliation or to be made right with God through Jesus. Really good. Any other any other highlights? from last week. We talked a lot about this big word and we looked at that briefly last week. Anybody remember what that word was? Pre eminence. Okay, good. All right. Some of you guys remember you're like pre All right, good. We'll take it. All right. So last week our big truth that we talked about was there's no part of this world both seen and unseen that Jesus Christ is not Lord over. Okay. So tonight, we're going to look at Colossians 1, starting in verse 24, okay? So again, uh, if you have your Bible open to Colossians 1, and let me again provide you a little bit of context, because again, we've been talking a lot about soya, which is this uh, method that we just use to help us learn and understand um, the Bible a little bit better. And so again, we start off with the survey part, or in other words, context. And so let me just provide some framework again as we look into our passage tonight. So as the church in Colossae was growing in their faith, the church began to believe this teaching that basically led them away from Christ. And the church at this time, in this location, they began to fall prey to this false teaching that they needed to look for wisdom above and beyond Jesus. So at this point, they were falling 
ill to this lie that they needed Jesus for wisdom and knowledge, but that they also had to find more knowledge, like through mystical experiences or all this kind of stuff. They were basically saying Jesus plus something else equals wisdom. And they were adding on to what Jesus did. And so Paul, in this passage tonight, is going to bring them back to where they find ultimate wisdom and knowledge. And so what I want to do is I want to help continue to give you opportunities to learn how to study the Bible together. Because I love that we can come together to study as a group. But my hope and prayer is that when you leave here each week, that you feel better equipped to go study the Bible on your own. Because you can do that. And we want to help you um, have the know-how to do that. So what I want to do now is I want to give you two minutes here in a second. I'll put a timer on the screen. I want to give you two minutes to read through the passage on your own. I want to give you just two minutes, just a little bit of quiet. Read through it. Start to process a little bit, and then we're going to come back together here and work through it as a group. Okay? Give me a thumbs up if you're with me. All right. So two minutes. I'll have the passage up on the screen as well so you know it. Okay? All right. Go ahead. So we took a, a moment to look at a little bit of context. And so now let's take a moment and share some observations, okay? What are some things that you noticed in this passage? And again, the goal of this time is to see what God is saying, okay? So let's not get too deep in trying to understand what God is saying. Let's just first talk about what are some things that we see in this passage that are jumping out that relate to previous weeks and all that. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, you, did you raise your hand? Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. No, don't worry. I'll... Yeah. 
Yeah, so we're seeing a lot about Jesus, which is good because we're going to learn a lot about Jesus today. Awesome, good. What else? Other some initial observations, things you noticed. Anything else? Gabby? Okay, so we see Paul talking about suffering and struggle, and we're going to talk about that as well. Whit, did you have your hand up? Yeah, there's a mystery here being talked about, so we obviously have to figure out what that means. Good. Chloe? Yeah, God's glory is talked about a number of times here. Okay, anything else? Okay. All right, let's dive into this passage together. Okay. So we talked about, uh, Gabby mentioned the word suffering And so Paul says in verse 24, the very first verse, Paul says that he rejoices in his sufferings for their sake. Okay, what does that mean? What do you think it means when Paul says that he rejoices in their sufferings? Or that he rejoices in his suffering for their sake? Any thoughts about what does that mean to rejoice in suffering? That seems kind of opposite, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Okay, yeah. Okay. Yeah, using it as an opportunity to learn in your... Yeah, trying to understand what God's plan is for them in this suffering. Okay. Other thoughts? Rejoice in suffering? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, to feel it on a deep level. Because remember last week, or two weeks ago, we talked about how deeply Paul cares for them. So there's a deep connection here with the people. And so remember, again, context is important because as Paul is writing this letter, he's actually writing uh, this letter in prison. So he's in jail as he is writing this letter. So he's currently in the midst of suffering because he's in prison for his faith. And so Paul says here also, he writes that he's filling up what is lacking in Christ's afflictions for the sake of the body. Okay, And we need to talk about this here. Because don't be confused by what he is not saying. Because he's not saying that there's something lacking in what Christ has done for us. But the afflictions that uh, Paul is talking about here, he's referring to the suffering of his earthly ministry, and he's not talking about salvation. So what Paul is not saying is that, oh, we need to add on to what Christ did, but rather the affliction or the suffering that Paul is talking about, he's talking about it in the context of his earthly ministry. So he's suffering here in person and not trying to add on to what Jesus did because that's the exact lie that he's addressing here in this passage. Yeah. Okay. Apparently he's writing stuff down. So I don't know. I don't, I wasn't there, so I'm not entirely sure, but He's writing it down somehow, okay? Because here's the reality. What Jesus did on the cross was enough. It was complete. 
And that's why Jesus said in John 19, while he was on the cross, he said, it is finished because we don't need to add on to what Jesus did. And so what Paul meant when he said that he was lacking, he's talking about the future suffering of those who, like Paul, would experience for the sake of the gospel. And as you read through the New Testament, Paul suffered greatly. He was in jail. He was persecuted. Uh, he faced death threats. He went through a lot for his faith. And so the reality for us is that as followers of Jesus, we too will face persecution. It may not be to the extent of what Paul went through, but we will no doubt face trials for our faith. I mean, Jesus himself said in Matthew 10, you will be hated for my namesake. And so Jesus was not shy about the reality that if we follow after him, there are people who are not going to like who we are and the message that we are living for. So we shouldn't be surprised when we suffer for the name of Jesus. And that's why Paul also wrote in Romans 8, listen to this, the spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. And so even in the midst of Paul's suffering, he willingly suffered for Christ. But he believed that following Jesus was greater than following the world. And that's why Paul dedicated his life to sharing the gospel. He dedicated his life to sharing the message of Christ to the point where, again, he faced death, jail, persecution. He laid it all out on the line for Jesus. And that's his ministry, is to go and share the gospel. Now, according to verse 25, from what you see there, why did Paul go into ministry? Why did God call him into ministry? Because it doesn't sound like Paul's experience is always the best. So why in the world did God call him to this life? Why did God call Paul to ministry? Jocelyn? Yeah, teaching others the word of God. Anything else you see in verse 25 specifically? To make the word of God what? What do you see here? Ben? Fully known. Everyone say fully known. Fully known. Fully known. Man, you guys are like asleep tonight. Paul's call to ministry was to preach the entire Bible. To make the word of God fully known. Paul didn't go around and say, you know what? What are the parts of the Bible that are really easy to talk about? Let me just talk about that and just ignore the other parts. No, God's call on Paul's life was to make the word of God fully known. That was the ministry that Paul had, was to make the word of God fully known. God called him into ministry. And you know what? Perhaps one of you God might call into ministry someday in some capacity. Because the reality or not, years ago, I was sitting in your seat 
listening to someone else talk about ministry, and who knows, maybe God might call you to ministry someday. Who knows? But God called Paul, again, to make the word of God fully known, all of the Bible. He didn't pick and choose what he preached. He preached the entire Bible. And that's exactly why we do what we do here at Fellowship, is we want to teach the whole Bible, because it's all important, and it's profitable for us to learn. We don't get to pick and choose what we read or study or believe in the Bible. This isn't Subway. We don't get to just pick and choose what we want. God says, here is my word. Make it known and study it. And we believe everything in here is good for us because it is from God. So earlier we mentioned this word mystery. And so you see this word in verse 26. Can someone read verse 26 for me nice and loud really fast? Daniel? Can you read verse 26 as well? Can you find that there? You got it. To make the word of God fully known, the... That's okay. Anyone else want to jump in? All right, go ahead. Yeah, verse 26. All right, so the mystery hidden for ages. Now, this word mystery, we need to understand what this word means. Again, because this is part of Bible study. And so the word mystery here, it's not talking about a riddle or this mystery kind of vibe. What this word means, it's that it was a truth that was not fully revealed yet. So it's not a mystery in the sense of it was this riddle or puzzle that we're trying to figure out. What this word mystery means is that it was a truth that was not fully revealed. Okay. Something that was once concealed, but is now revealed. I just wanted to rhyme, and I was pretty proud of that. So I just wanted to know. Something that was concealed, but it is now revealed. Hello. Okay. All right. So again, this is not talking about a riddle. It's talking about a truth that was not fully revealed. But now, Paul is talking about it. And so with that in mind... What is Paul talking about when he says the mystery hidden for ages and generations but now revealed to the saints? What is the mystery, this truth, that was now being revealed to the saints? Any idea what this truth is? Keep in mind what we're talking about here. Ben? The gospel? Jesus! Everyone say Jesus! All right, we got to get some spunk up in here or something. All right, Jesus, okay? Because again, the Colossian church, they were starting to buy into this notion that full knowledge was Jesus plus other things. They said, okay, we have to have Jesus, and then we have to have these mystical experiences, or we have to add in all of these other things. And it's as if, that Jesus wasn't enough. They were falling into this lie that Jesus plus something else led to salvation. 
But the truth that Paul is bringing them back to here is that it's only Jesus. He's bringing it back to Jesus. We find everything fully in Christ. And now again, there were aspects of God's plan of redemption, Jesus. There were aspects of this plan that were not clearly revealed in the Old Testament, but now are revealed. I mean, even the disciples who were with Jesus were still trying to figure out the plan. And so this mystery was being revealed through Christ. There were glimpses of what was to come in Jesus, but they didn't have a crystal clear picture because Jesus had not yet come. But now Jesus has come, and this mystery has been revealed to the saints. And so many Jews believed that Christ was only going to die for them and redeem them, but the message of the gospel is also for the Gentiles or those who were not Jewish. And that's why you see the struggle throughout the New Testament because they said, well, it's only for us, but it's actually for both Jew and Gentile. Because God's desire was for everyone, not just the Jews, God's desire was for everyone to know and experience the rich and glorious reconciliation, the redemption that we find in Jesus Christ. And so that's why in verse 27, Paul says that because of Jesus, the riches of the glory of this mystery are also available. And this is the good news that we've been talking about, that the glorious riches of Christ have been made available to everyone. And you don't have to add Jesus plus other things. We find our salvation to be reconciled, to be made right with God in Jesus alone. And so let me ask you this. In verse 27, why do you think Paul calls this good news the hope of glory? Right. So now he talks about this, these, this good news of Jesus. He refers to it as the hope of glory. So why is this message of Jesus, why does this give us hope? Why do we find hope in the message of Christ? Think about this here. Why is this message, why do we have hope? Why does it give us hope? Does this message give us hope? If so, why? Ben? Yeah, the promise of forgiveness, eternal life, being made right with God. And so our hope isn't in our own work or how super spiritual we are, but it's in the abiding presence of Jesus, Christ in us. And because of Jesus, when we place our faith in him, we get to one day share in the riches of his glory. And this is why in Hebrews 11, it says this, By faith, Moses, when he was grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to be mistreated with the people of God than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He considered the reproach of Christ greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking forward 
to the reward. And I love this picture, how Hebrews talks about Moses wasn't tempted with the things of this world because he was so focused on what he had in eternity. He didn't settle for plastic peace. He settled for permanent peace that is found in Jesus. And I think so often we get so tempted by what the world offers and we see that as better than what we have in Christ. But what if we started thinking about how good we have it with Jesus and what is coming ahead that we had our eyes so focused on that that what we see in the world looks like nothing compared to the riches of Jesus. And side note, if there are things that you're struggling with right now, man, start to begin to understand what it means to be made right with God, to be forgiven of sin, and to know that one day we're going to spend eternity with Jesus. Man, we are living for this little portion of our life when in Christ, we have so much ahead of us. And I love how Paul says that life is like a, a, a mist, just a little, pssst, little spritz. And so I'm thinking, why do we spend so much time focusing on this little mist when in Christ, we have so much ahead of us? And Moses wasn't tempted by the fleeting pleasures of this world because he was focused on Christ. So this message is good news Hopefully we believe that. I hope you believe that. So let me ask you this. In light of that, why should we, as followers of Jesus, why should we share this message with others? According to verse 28. And in general, why should we share this message? Daniel? Yeah, so they can be made right with God. What else? Nate? Okay, okay. to proclaim. In him we proclaim. We see that there as well. What else, Seth? Yeah, so the others can have the same hope that we have. What else? Why, why should we share this good news? That in Christ they can be made right with God. And that they can share in the inheritance of the riches and glory. Anything else? Daniel? Yeah so that we can experience forgiveness. Because not only do we want others to experience the hope that we have in Jesus, but we also want others to grow in their faith, to, as verse 28 says, to deepen their wisdom and understanding. And Paul's desire is for them to grow, and he didn't want the church to be content with where they were at. Paul didn't want them to just continue to learn and then say, okay, we're good. We're just going to level off right here. Paul says, no, continue to learn and to grow. And hopefully, that's why you're here too, to learn and grow in your faith. Because I love how Paul says, and someone mentioned it, Paul says, him we proclaim. And that him is Jesus. Paul says, in Jesus, I want to make known to others. And we see that in the life of Paul, that his life was about making Jesus known. And I want you to think about this for a second. Don't answer this, but think about this. Paul's life was about making Jesus known to others. Is that true of you? 
Do you live your life thinking, you know what, how can I make Jesus known to others? How can I share the hope that I have in Christ? Because I guarantee you, there are people in your life, friends, family, neighbors, who are in desperate need of hope. And if you have a relationship with Jesus, we have hope. And how can we not share that hope with others? Because there was a time in my life I didn't have hope, and someone shared that message with me. And now my heart is to share that with others. And I hope and pray that if you've placed your faith in Jesus, that you have hope and you want others to experience what we have in Christ. Because Paul believed in this message, and it cost him greatly. But you know what Paul said? The suffering that I'm experiencing now is worth it because of what's to come. Paul had his eyes fixed on Christ, as Hebrews says, the author and perfecter of his faith. And he was willing to put all of his energy in laying his life out for the gospel because it was worth it. And so, as Paul did this work, where did he look to Um, Where did he ultimately depend on to sustain him, according to verse 29? Where was Paul's source of strength as Paul was struggling to make Jesus known? Where was he getting his strength from, according to verse 29? And I promise this is not a hard question. I'm not trying to trip you up. Yeah? Yeah. God or Jesus, right? looking to Jesus to give him strength. Paul depended on the strength that Christ gave him. And now, that doesn't mean, okay, well, I'm just going to depend on Christ and I'm going to let him do all the work. No, because God calls us to participate in, in this work because God wants to use you to bring this message of hope to the world. And we're not called to be lazy about this mission, but as we pursue this mission We ultimately depend on and ground ourselves in the power of Jesus. So then, what does Paul communicate in verses 1 through 3 as we kind of begin to wrap up this passage? What does he then say in verses 1 through 3? What do you see here? What does Paul go on to say in verses 1, 2, and 3? What are just some of the highlights here? What do you see? And again, I'm not trying to trick you. I want to help you see what God's word says. Yeah. Okay, to thank God. Okay, what else do you see? Yeah, to understand the knowledge of God. Yeah, to be encouraged. Daniel? To be loved. Okay, so we see a couple things here. First, Paul wants the church here and Colossae to know how much he's agonized over them because he deeply cares about them. What Paul is essentially saying here, as he's writing this, he's essentially saying, I want you to know how much I care about you, and I will do whatever it takes to help you grow in your faith. Paul says, I care about you, and I will do whatever it takes to help you grow in your faith. And as a side note, that's exactly the same message that we have here at TNT. That's why we're here, because we 
want to help you grow in your faith. That's why we do all of this. Yeah, we play some fun games, we eat some good food, but we want to help you grow in your understanding of Jesus. And we hope and pray that you know that you are cared for and that Jesus loves you. And secondly, it's because of this deep care that Paul's desire was for them to be encouraged, to be unified, and have a full understanding of Jesus. And Paul's saying, you know what? I love you so much, I'm willing to do whatever it takes to help you grow in your faith. Even if it's doing the hard things or saying the hard things, Paul cared about them, and he didn't want them to settle. And so lastly here, verses 4 and 5, why is Paul saying all of this to them? How does Paul kind of wrap up this um, passage here specifically in verses 4 and 5? How does Paul kind of bookend this part here? What do you see? What does he say? Daniel? Paul's desire was to keep them from believing the lies. And that's why he's writing this letter. Because, again, I'm repeating this so you understand and hear this clearly. The church here, they were believing that they had to add on to what Jesus did. They were believing the lie that true wisdom and knowledge is found above and beyond in addition to Jesus. But that is a lie, because in Christ we find true wisdom. And that's why Jesus says in John 14, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Because it's in Jesus that we find ultimate truth. And so we looked quickly at context. We made some observations. We kind of worked through this passage here. And again, this is scratching the surface. I would encourage you this week to read this again. Keep studying because there's a lot that we could talk about. And I feel like I'm not even covering everything that I would love to. So keep digging into the word of God. And then lastly here in our soya method that we kind of are using is application. So now what do we do with some of these truths? How do we apply them to our life? So let me give you three things that I think are going to really help you. Number one. Following Jesus will not be easy, but it will be worth it. Following Jesus, it won't be easy. I want you to hear that clearly. Following Jesus is not going to be easy, but like Paul, like Moses, their examples, they viewed that it was worth it. Because Paul fixed his eyes on Christ. And not only that, he focused on the riches and glory that he had in Jesus. And so Paul had his eyes set on the prize. So following Jesus will not be easy, but it'll be worth it. Number two, we are called to share this message with others. If you truly believe in what Jesus has done for you, then our response, Christ's command, is to go and share this message. Because Paul says, in him we proclaim. And that's why Jesus himself says, go therefore and make disciples to share this message of hope. And you know what? I am so glad that years ago, 
a teenager just like one of you, I'm glad that somebody shared this message of hope with me. Because I would have been really mad if they had this hope and they didn't share it with me. And I'm so glad that someone took that step of faith to share the message of Christ with me. And then third and last year, look to Jesus for ultimate knowledge and wisdom, not the world. If you're looking for wisdom, if you're looking for what to do, if you're trying to figure out who you are, your purpose, your identity, look to Jesus. Because that's where we find true wisdom. Because if we don't, you are going to believe the lies. And you're going to be left feeling confused, hurt, and lost. And so we need to run to Jesus for wisdom. And one of the ways that we do that is through God's word. That's why we study the Bible. We don't do this just because it's the church thing to do. We do this because we believe that it has the power to change lives. And that's why we take time to do it and why we make it such a huge part of the night. And so as we close, I want to leave you with this. In Jesus, we find all the wisdom and knowledge we could ever want or need. If you're struggling with something in your life, look to Jesus because he is going to give you wisdom. He's going to give you truth. And let me just say this, as we get ready to head into small groups, if there are things that you're wrestling with tonight, if there are things that you're struggling with that you need some help and wisdom on, please talk to one of your leaders because we're here to help you be pointed to the wisdom that is in God's word. So please come talk to us. We're here for you, and we want to help you grow in your faith. And so before we pray and close, I do want to make one quick reminder. Um, we've been talking a lot about soya already this semester. Um, if you would like some more um, information on soya Bible study, or just if you want to learn how to study the Bible on your own uh, more deeply, um, feel free to talk to us at checkout. Um, we have, I think I have some packets available that have some notes that you can utilize to kind of dig into the Bible more on your own. So please come talk to us. We'd be happy to give that to you as a resource, again, to help you get into God's word, okay? So come talk to me afterwards, all right? So let's pray. Jesus, thank you so much for this opportunity for us to learn and grow. Thank you that it's in you that we find true wisdom and that we find everything that we could ever want or need because it's not you plus what we have to do. It's in you alone. It's by grace that we are saved. God, thank you so much for sending Jesus to pay the price that I deserve. And I pray that we would be motivated to share that message with others because our world needs hope and they're finding it in the wrong places and in the wrong people and help us to point them to Christ who will never leave them empty. God, we thank you and it's in your name we pray. All right, uh, we're going to head out to small groups, so find your small group leaders and head there. 